Hi everyone, welcome to The Green Room, where we speak to entrepreneurs and thought leaders in fintech across Southeast Asia. I'm your host, Amrita Veer. We are sponsored by the ASEAN Financial Innovation Network, or AFIN, Oxygen by Apex, and Open Banking Fintech Broncos. This week, we have a special Green Room episode for you. We are going behind the scenes of this year's Singapore Fintech Festival with Pat Patel, General Manager of Elevandi, the Singapore Fintech Festival's new parent company. We also have a promo code for those of you who still haven't gotten your SFF tickets. Use a Green Room's code GREENROOM50 at the SFF checkout page and get 50% off your ticket. But move fast because this code is only valid for the first 50 users. The Singapore Fintech Festival begins on November 8th and runs through November 12th. The first three days of the festival will feature a conference and exhibition, and on the last two days, participants can attend global satellite and industry events online and at physical locations. These include the World Fintech Festival, Innovation Lab Crawl, and Masterclass Series by Oxygen by Apex, one of the Green Room sponsors. Singapore Fintech Festival has been around since 2016 and is gearing up to host 60,000 people this year. SFF's new parent company, Elevandi, was formed in August of 2021 and just named its board of directors. You can find more information on Singapore Fintech Festival and Elevandi by visiting fintechfestival.sg. And now a word from our sponsors. My name is Manish Devan. I am the Managing Director for AFIN, which is ASEAN Financial Innovation Network. We run the very popular apexplatform.com, which is a collaboration platform to help financial institutions work together with a very vibrant ecosystem of fintechs from across the world. We now operate what we call as Oxygen by Apex, which is essentially a knowledge sharing platform and we are very happy to collaborate with the green room it's a great combination of what we do as a platform service provider and what the green room brings to you as a a knowledge sharing base you can find out more about apex on apexplatform.com and you can find out more about oxygen by logging into apexoxygen.com where you'll find a lot of great panels keynotes Uh, master classes that we do from time to time and uh, look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on the show. Great. So Pat, before we talk about SFF, I want to quickly talk through your background and how you actually got to your current role at Elevandi. So starting with your early career, which I believe was mostly in the UK, you spent some time working in insurance and as an operator in the payment space. Uh, I think almost eight years at a company called Vocalink, which was eventually acquired by MasterCard. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that eventually got you into the fintech event space? Sure, happy to. So I think um, I think it boils down to three key inflection points where I was easily influenced. That, that's the way I, I kind of frame it in my mind. Um, So I'd worked in insurance um, in London for the first kind of five years of my career, around about five, six years. And as you can imagine, the insurance sector way back then, nothing changed. It's not like InsurTech today. Um, Everything was quite steady. Uh, I worked in a natural wearable team. So it's a little bit of number crunching and 
can imagine that was uh, an exciting time. Um, and, and I was persuaded by a colleague at the time to leave a steady job of insurance and move into the payment sector. And if you think about payments, um, at them back then, payments were straightforward. Um, it took three or four days to clear a payment. Um, there was nothing exciting about it. And what, what a friend of mine at the time told me is that, look, there is going to be massive changes. There is mobile payments coming through. So this was in and around the time of uh, the iPhone coming out. And so he kind of said that, look, it's going to go for a revolution. There's going to be lots of opportunities. And there are here are a few companies. PayPal was one of them at the time. And a company called Vocalink was the other opportunity. And when I looked at Vocalink, it's, um, it had the potential. Uh, so, so what I started to do was, um, you know, speak to the right people within both these organizations. And it came clear to me that there was something special about Vocaling and more importantly, the concept of a new technology that they were just rolling out, um, ultimately called um, faster payments. And so the UK was one of the first to come out with a real time clearing system for low value transactions. And the interesting thing about this is what you can build on top of it. And subsequently, uh, over time, um, you know, we implemented uh, a real-time system into Singapore. So that's the fast service we've implemented into um, the New York Clearinghouse, um, also across parts of, of Asia and, and LATAM as well. But, but this just enables um, what we have today in Singapore with um, uh, the, the fast pay now, basically, ultimately. And so what you can start to build onto there from, you know, person to person transaction, person to business, business to person, and even governments making transactions just instantaneously. And so that was the bit where, um, you know, it was a great opportunity to work on what the UK was doing, which was pretty groundbreaking, and then to kind of get coverage of taking that, that technology with a group of people into other marketplaces and, and ultimately changing the way payments was done because people would accept or, or reluctantly accept that if you're going to make a tra you know if i was going to make a payment to you Amrita, it would take two days maybe three days and even then you're not sure at what point it's going to happen and so to be able to make this massive difference um, in terms of the velocity of money that's rolling around the economy at a faster rate rather than being held within organizations and, and kind of all this friction in the system you know was something which was uh, very very inspiring at the time um, so I worked at uh, Vocalink for a number of years, and, and ironically, um, just before, you know, obviously it got acquired by um, MasterCard in the end, but, you know, my, me and my team had worked quite heavily on, on how we could, you know, partner, collaborate, potentially M&A activity with a number of payments companies. I just left like literally a year before, I believe, one to two years before the actual transaction happens. But, but the, um, the second kind of inflection point um, in which, uh, yeah, I suppose that these are risks that you take in your career and, you know, probably the same reason why maybe you came across from, from the US to Singapore. It's, it's always a big risk and you know, yeah. a massive journey. Um, I, I went to the first Money 2020 in Vegas um, way back in 2012 and it was quite serendipitous because the person that I sat next to in, in, in Vocalink, because um, we had a hot desking area in the centre of London, um, he'd seen this great new event which was Money 2020. It was literally two weeks before the event was about to start. He picked it up from the back page advert of a magazine. And because I was sitting next to him, he said, hey, should we try and get to go to this? He's, he had a bit of budget left over. 
And so we built a short case to go to Vegas, which obviously flying to Vegas, you need quite a big business case because some people find it quite tricky to be able to, to go to Vegas and, and actually justify that you're actually there for work. Um, so off the back of just sitting next to, um, uh, it was a guy in marketing, um, I ended up traveling to, to Vegas. And I must admit the first 2020, I was absolutely blown away. Um, never before had I been to an event where you had bankers, you had fintech founders, you had the payments companies, tech companies, and VCs all coming together. So prior to 2020, most of the conferences were either just investor-based or old gray bankers. Um, I'm quite happy to say that it, it generally was old gray bankers. Um, and so, so going to that first 2020 um, was a mind-blowing experience for a number of reasons. Just the, the open dialogue between these different communities and the insight. So hearing from some of the tech companies and, and the leading payment companies, so not the traditional ones of Visa and MasterCard, but the up and coming ones. So um, Google Pay, so the Google Pay team was there. Um, the PayPal teams were there as well. And then, you know, Braintree and, and a number of these companies that were still in their infancy that are now, you know, Decacorns ultimately. I remember the early days of Wise um, and, and they had a representative from there as well. And so, so that, that was kind of one, certainly mind blowing. The second was I got to meet the founder of Money 2020. So a guy called Anil Agarwal and we hit it off straight away. And so I came back the following year to Vegas and got Vocalink to sponsor. And so we spent a little bit more time with, um, with, with the community in Vegas, but it was ultimately a, a large part of the global payments community. And I got to know Anil quite well, um, to the point that over one lunch and one dinner, he'd somehow managed to convince me to leave Vocalink um, and join him. And it was, it, it's a quite a strange moment in the sense that I met him for dinner he on the train journey back i'd only realized then that i'd actually accepted a job um he has some sort of um, jedi mind power he, he really is a, a remarkable individual that is one very charismatic but two very very persuasive with, with a grand vision and so i ended up joining um money 2020 shortly after that meeting actually it was literally three or four months afterwards and if you think at the time, this was, would have been around 2014, Vegas had kind of grown from, uh, I think it was around a three, 4,000 person event over two to three years to about seven, seven, 8,000. And mm -hmm. so I joined at the point where um, Anil was looking at um, growing the brand into Europe and further afield, um, which also coincided with, with an acquisition as well. So they got acquired by um, a London-based company. And so I spent a number of years then building what this Vegas fanfare, some would say it's a, a Vegas circus ultimately, um, and, and taking the best of that format into Europe. And so we launched in 2016 into Copenhagen and subsequently moved to Amsterdam. But, but that was probably one of the largest launches um, in the fintech community in, in Europe, actually, because I think year one, I think we've managed to bring 4,000 of the community together. But it wasn't just... Um, just the payments community it was literally the best of the us um, so i believe michael so michael moritz so the founder i would say the founder the, the the then chairman of sequoia capital spoke at the event alongside you know the cream of europe investors were you know across europe as well as um and financial actually um so we had a senior rep from Ant financial so so what it did was um 
it took, if you think at the time, 2016, um, banks still had a hesitancy with fintechs and were very dismissive of fintechs. And so this whole change that was going on in Europe, which you know, we've seen here, you know, probably in the last year or two, that, that change occurring, um, well, was a, a great time. It was a golden period in, in, in Europe because um, you started to get you know, the growth of fintechs. You started to get tech companies coming into this space at a rapid rate. And then you had the, you know, the growing presence of Ant Financial and, and, and Tencent looking to come across and, and build relationships as well. And so from there, we decided to take the, the Europe model and a little bit from the US and take that across to Singapore. And on that journey is when I got to meet Sopendu. And that was my, my third leap of faith um, to leave the events world, which in theory, I'd only planned to work in events for like a couple of years. Um, I'm not an events person by trade as such. Um, and so I'd overstayed my welcome, as I thought, um, within Money 2020. So I'd already been there three to four, uh, coming up to five years, then decided to make the jump from, um, from events organizer um, on the content and strategy side to work for a regulator. So you can imagine um, the cultural change was immense, as well as packing all my bags and moving across to Singapore. Yeah. Wow, Pat, that's an incredible, incredible journey that seems like it's taken you all over the world. But it also seems there's this theme of, you know, taking a really good idea and expanding it globally. You seem to do that at Vocalink. You do that with Money 2020. It's, it's definitely a pattern that you seem to have done very well. I do have to ask you, though, now a little bit about your work at the Monetary Authority of Singapore uh, in the fintech office. What are the types of projects you've been working on there and how has that now translated again into the event space uh, with the Singapore Fintech Festival? Sure. So so when I joined MAS, um, I joined to head up the International Fintech Office. So that sits within Sopnandu's team. So he, he runs the, the Fintech Innovation Group, and there are a number of offices within, uh, within his group. And one of those is the International Fintech Office. And so we have a few kind of remits. One is um, was around a foundational digital infrastructure project. And so where we're working with uh, a number of countries um, and central banks, ideally, um, ultimately in Africa and Southeast Asia. So it was uh, Kenya, Ghana, um, and we had uh, Cambodia and Brunei involved in this project, where we looked at the fundaments of a digital economy and what infrastructure is required. And if you think, um, say, India is a great example of the India stack, and you know you have these layers. So you have a digital identity layer, you have the interoperability of payments, you have kind of a trusted data exchange, and so it's these are the fundaments of a digital economy. And you know Singapore has a variant of that with with its own kind of infrastructure. But outside of those countries, with maybe the exception of the Nordics and and Estonia, there, there's very little out there. And so we probably take that for granted. And as you know, in the US, um, it's kind of quite fragmented how, how your systems are. Certainly payments is, is fragmented by states um, and identity is generally still paper-based. And so what we wanted to do was produce a study with these countries. And we worked on that with MasterCard to, to try and identify where the challenges were, um, how implementation and, and, and developments would, could occur over a period of time and what the nuances would be of that specific marketplace. So that's a piece of work that we released earlier this year, I think around about April time, um, 
we had our managing director MD kind of showcase the report, as well as some of the governors from the countries that I mentioned. And so that was quite an important piece, which is going to lead on to a number of lighthouse projects within MES. Unfortunately, I can't share much more about that. Um, so that's kind of one, one area. The other area is picking up on the VCP. So if you think MAS is an unusual regulator in that um, it's very closely uh, aligned with the industry, um, you know, very closely aligned with, with the fintech community in particular, but also with the banking community. And, and that is unusual compared to say other marketplaces where the regulator maybe just allows the community or, or sees the community in a different light and, and there's a bit more of a, a bridge between the two or, or a gap between the two. And so, you know, one of the things that we, we, we started to do um, uh, a great deal in recent years is fostering that community with the VCs and, and you know, running a number of matchmaking events, which is known as Deal Fridays. Um, but, but bringing the regulator and the VCs together. So we actually held a dinner in 2019 and, and the VC community loved the fact that the regulator was being open and, and willing to share insights and you know, open to, to collaborations. And so what we've tried to do over the years is, is bridge that gap um, because you know, as a regulator, we know that the, the FinTech community is so reliant on a healthy, thriving investor community. And so the more opportunities and linkages and you know, networking that we can create, the better it is, is, is overall. And you know, one of the things that this helped us do is um, you know, during the time at the beginning of the pandemic last year, um, my team and a number of teams across FTIG worked closely with the VCs to try and you know, instill that market confidence to say that, look, times are bad, yes, but there are still opportunities. There are still ways to kind of um, work together closely to support FinTechs through a really tough time. Because if you think, a lot of founders, um, certainly in Singapore, but, but certainly around the world, you know, had never experienced a crisis before. You know, they were either in college or, or in corporate um, while the first, you know, while the crisis in 07, 08 came around. And so it was a massive impact last year. And so we spent a lot of months, um, you know, speaking with the VCs, looking at how we could tap on grants to, to kind of support the venture community to, to keep investing, keep powering through the pandemic, not knowing how long it would last for. We also worked with um, AMTD Group on um, a relief fund. We also kind of encouraged others to do something similar. And short, you know, during that time, um, Razor, Razor launched their own kind of um, relief fund to, to support fintechs, you know, ideally through, you know, just giving them extra runway more than anything else. And so that's kind of some of the initiatives on, on, on the investor side. We've also supported on um, some of the point projects. So Apex is one of those. And so we've been um, in the team, we've supported through bringing the outside in view. So bringing um, some of the partners on board to support in a strategic way. The whole concept of a, a strategic advisory uh, committee came out of, of my team as well. And so it's been more kind of giving that outside in view because you know, um, I'm clearly not cut from the regulatory cloth um, and, and a few of my team are exactly the same way. And so it just provides something different, um, additional insight, additional support, but a network as well. And, and ultimately supporting Sopnandu in, in, in the way that he's quite entrepreneurially 
driven a number of these great projects, but also, you know, the linkages uh, with the community to ensure that we remain close. Now, I suppose the last big thing is, um, is SFF. Um, so, you know, having joined or having spoken at every SFF um, prior to actually joining MAS, um, it's great to see how it's grown. And, and ultimately, the, the fates of both have been, you know, certainly Money 2020 and SFF have been quite intertwined in that you know, Money 2020 was originally due to come to Singapore in 2016. And ultimately, for one reason or another, um, we, we never came in 2016. So that led to the birth of the festival, which, mm -hmm. which happened um, at the end of 2016. So, so having been kind of from a distance, but also involved in conversations with Sop and Do and, you know, joined the festival, having seen it grow, it's been, it's been quite inspiring, really. Um, there's very few events that I've seen that you know come close to that festival um and there's a number of reasons which I, I think i'll explain a bit later yeah yeah absolutely thank you so much pat i think so much of the work that you've done your early career at mas it really serves to build the build out the ecosystem for uh fintechs banks investors for everyone to really succeed and it seems like a lot of times your role has been very pivotal in getting um, in moving that ecosystem forward and getting them to the outcomes that we want to see. So that's really exciting. And now I do want to talk about SFF this year, because that is, you know, the next iteration of this incredible ecosystem building event. And it's usually, you know, as you were saying, it's a huge in-person event in Singapore, brings in people from all over the world, incredible speakers. But last year, the event actually had to be done fully online, thanks to the pandemic. And it sounds like you joined MAS just in time to uh, move to this online format. And this year seems to be uh, kind of a similar format. So I want to ask, before we get into the specifics of this year, what have been some of the challenges and perhaps opportunities that you've encountered in putting this event online? And how will this year's event look compared to past events? Yeah, so I think... Um... Yeah, I think challenges is definitely one, an apt word here. Um, it felt like we started the year off, um, certainly in Singapore, that you could see uh, the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the pandemic. And so we were very bullish about, you know, what we could do, how we would deliver this. And as the year's gone on, um, we, we kind of had to pivot. But but that's, you know, we're no strangers to that. If you think um, 20, 2020 was, was a similar year in that you started the year off with these grand plans and visions of where you wanted to take a certain activity. And so, you know, we, we, we forecast um, a number of different scenarios. And, you know, ultimately, we're kind of in the middle to, you know, I think it's kind of scenario C and D that we ultimately didn't want to happen, but, but is, is kind of playing out. And, and so what I think the, the biggest challenge has probably been um, is getting a handle on what will be allowed in the safest way possible. So on the physical side of things. Um, and then I think the secondary part is, you know, we've grown. So at the beginning of this year, we had a team of three people. Um, we now have close to 12 people um, and there's extras in those teams as well. Um, I think it's the, the onboarding part and, and getting people you know, working closely together. I think that's probably been um, one of the biggest challenges. I think the third area has probably been some of the travel restrictions and what's allowed, when it's allowed, et cetera. And I think 
you know, we're beginning to see a little bit more light now, which is which is fantastic. And you know, one of the great results we've had recently is um, we're going to have uh, a good Swiss delegation coming across. So. Um, the senior finance minister will be coming across from Switzerland, as well as the CEO of Julius Baer. Um, uh, and there'll be a few other kind of senior executives um, from Switzerland. Um, so that kind of gives us a little bit of hope and confidence that, you know, it's starting to open up a bit. You know, clearly we see other, other markets around the world where it's fully opened up. And, you know, unfortunately, it's just not to be this year for us. But um, all that's done is make us kind of hungry even more for uh, next year when when hopefully um, things will be classed as an endemic and, and people can come together in, in the right way in, in the safest measures possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I We were talking before the recording started about our FOMO about Money 2020 in Las Vegas right now. So I'm hoping next year we can be fully in person and uh, create some of that same FOMO. Um, so does that mean then, Pat, that most of this year's events will be in the online format, in the form of panels, meetings? How What will that actually look like? Sure. So it's what we try to do is, um, you know, that concept of turning a constraint into, into opportunities. And so and I think someone coined the phrase of uh, a beautiful constraint because that really forces you to think within the confines of what is possible and, and accelerate fast. And so what we've decided to do this year is host a series of smaller gatherings that start on the Sunday night. Um, so as I mentioned with, with our Swiss counterparts, there'll be uh, a, a small activity um, with, with this Swiss delegation and a number of senior individuals from across uh, Singapore. Um, and what we've decided to do, so that would be the first, the, the start of the week. Then throughout the first three days, there will be um, content blocks where there's in-person um, kind of content sessions going on. So we'll have three of those throughout uh, every day, basically. So there'll be two three-hour blocks. Um, at the end of each block, so obviously um, there'll be some deep cleaning going on and making sure everything is kind of um, yeah, uh, SMM friendly. Um, and so we'll be inviting um, close to 50 people to come in and experience that live content with live Q&A. This will all be streamed onto the platform, mind you. Um, and then there'll be a few gatherings, kind of lunches and breakfast and dinners going on for smaller groups um, throughout those first three days. So that's kind of the, the physical element. We are having um, the FinTech Awards. So in partnership this year with the Singapore FinTech Community, uh, the Sin uh, Singapore FinTech Association, the MAS. So that's kind of uh, an event that will be going on on Thursday night. So that's kind of largely going to be the, the physical elements of, of SFF. Um, it will be... Um, you know, senior leaders coming together and 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 trying to you know at least um, get some resemblance of of that coming together feeling, um, and then on the digital side, you know, we've had to double down on on that reach and and so in the digital platform, um, so we've got a new provider this year that's a, a little bit more seamless. So it's a local company that will be providing it um, the, the the kind of online capability, and, and what we've tried to do, think long and hard about, is the user journeys and make sure that people can connect easily can you know seamless login can can kind of access the content on any device and so you can kind of you know access it on the fly but you can also have that um, kind of on-demand experience you know you can add it to your calendar 
And so you don't have to keep logging in, you just click on a link in your calendar and you're straight into a session. And so we've tried to think through, you know, the, the details because it's the details that make the massive difference. And so we see, you know, close to 60,000 coming in on that platform. Our numbers are looking really, really good at the moment. Um, great volumes coming in from Southeast Asia and, and, and India in particular. But what we um, what we've done this year, in, you know, similar to what we had last year, is where on the last two days we've partnered with a number of countries, you know, both the public and private sectors, um, to run events. So it gives us that real kind of global feeling, and it's all under the bracket of the World FinTech Festival. And so we have Japan will be running a series of events um, which will delve into um, a number of the nuances in their local community. And you know, there'll be some FinTech stars there, there'll be some regulators there, as well as the local banks. Um, we also have Brazil confirmed, the US is in. Nigeria, um, which is one of the, the hot markets in Africa right now in terms of fintech activity. And I think it has three of the top five kind of unicorns now um, in, in located in Nigeria. Um, we also have Cambodia and the Philippines involved. And there's a couple of countries across Eastern Europe. So Hungary and Poland will be running activities as well. And then the last crowd is, is the Nordics that are looking to do a few activities. So, so what this really gives us is you've got the first three days of, of kind of SFF content. And then the last two days will take you on a journey around the world. So if you have interest in, in say, Brazil, what's going on? You know, in one of the, the hottest markets in LATAM, you can just literally tune into the content there. You can kind of get your, your, your fix of insight um, and also ask questions as well, which, um, which is a powerful thing to be able to kind of ask these questions and, and get responses back um, from local experts. Yeah, that's that's really cool because, you know, I've always thought about Singapore FinTech Fest as more about a way for people to come and learn about all the financial service innovation that's happening in Asia. Uh, but it sounds like with this new format, we're going beyond just Asia and really learning about we can learn about FinTech in any part of the world, uh, which seems seems really cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think um I think there's there's quite a few differences. I think with the festival and what what's attracted me to come to this part of the world ultimately is the inclusivity. Um, you know, if you think the ticket prices are very low, um, it's you know it's offered free for governments and students and academics, and 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 that whole piece is around. You know, we're not looking to make EBITDA margins of forty percent or anything like that. It's you know MAS doesn't you know is a, is is a nonprofit ultimately, and so what we're looking to do is is drive the public private sector relationships. And no, no other event in certainly in fintech can bring the government leaders together with with, with the private sector in, in the way that the festival does, but also ensure that it's it's open to all, it's inclusive, so people can join, you know, from from the streets in in, in India, you know, to, to pay for a, a ticket if you're a student is you know it's very very you know it's it's ultimately free, um, to to those in in Africa or Latam, you know, it makes it, you know, it makes it accessible. Um, and I think that's probably one of the, the big differences. And, and this year, we, you know, we thought long and hard about, you know, there is a fatigue. And I think you mentioned this before, um, uh, before this call started, that there is that Zoom fatigue. There is a fatigue of, you know, coming on, just watching content, you know, back to back to back. And so what we wanted to do this year was, was kind of shake up the format. And so we, we thought long and hard about this. Sop and do, you know, in the middle of the night, woke up and thought, right, I've had an idea, guys, let's assemble. And so the ultimately this idea was to um, bring, you know, to collaborate with the local university here, um, so the NUS, 
A um, couple of other partners, so Apix, as, as, as you're aware, is, is involved too, and um, a Temasek-backed um, company called Affinity. And so what, what we've decided to do is turn our content program into an education initiative. And so what each of the, there's a, a core set of 15 sessions each day, you know, there's more content on those days, but there's 15 that we've identified in which there will be two questions that will come out of that particular session in which attendees can choose to answer those questions at the end of the day or throughout the day. And if you get a pass rate of 60%, you'll get a certificate. And ultimately that certificate is anchored around the theme of the conference. And I'll come on to that shortly, you know, it's web 3.0. And so it would be a web 3.0 certificate issued by the NUS, you know, in collaboration with, with Apix and a, and a product called Oxygen. Um, but it gives you something tangible. So if you're spending all your time listening to the content, you can come away with a credential, you know, a link, you know, a certificate that you can put on LinkedIn, you could add to your resume. And um, that's something, you know, we've had fantastic feedback from, from certainly from India, but, but across Southeast Asia and growing numbers in China as well. And so, you know, there is, um, you know, a hunger to have something as a result of, you know, spending your time listening to this content. And so there's a couple of outcomes from that. One is that certificate, but two, um, you know, it's about upskilling and reskilling, which if you think, you know, one of the key themes of last year is about, you know, is about development, you know, um, as, as, you know, there's been an acceleration towards the application and, and, and usage of new technologies, you know, preparing people for some of the changes that are, are happening right now and are likely to happen tomorrow is going to be one of the key things that I see the festival continuing to do for a number of years. And, and just to kind of roll back on, on the whole topic of Web 3.0 and, you know, to a lot of people, you know, it's, it's not a new term. Web 3.0, the concept has been around since probably Web 2.0 ultimately. And so what is new is, is the way it's been used in financial services, you know, the power of the web. And um, this all stems from a piece of work that um, our managing director, Ravi Menon, commissioned at the beginning of last year, where he tasked a number of teams to look at the future of financial services. And, you know, what does that mean for MAS? What does that mean for other regulators? What does that mean for our industries in Singapore? And, and this research ultimately all started to kind of coalesce around um, Web 3.0 and the impact it's having. And so, you know, from that body of research has led to a number of lighthouse projects within MAS on, on the development side. And so what we wanted to do with this year's festival is, you know, take that body of research take these lighthouse projects and kind of distill that across the whole week of the festival. And so, you know, each year MAS has a theme that it really champions and gets behind. This year, it's all about Web 3.0 in the context of financial services. And, you know, day one is focused around, you know, the, the designing of financial services. So if you look across the agenda, you know, the way we're looking at this is, is to take the the key verticals, so um, capital markets, asset management, insurance, wholesale banking, consumers, uh, uh, well, consumer banking, and how Web 3.0 is, you know, creating opportunities to develop new products and new propositions in the marketplace. Then we kind of go on to um, day two, which is all about building, and it's all about the tech-focused element. So, you know, some of the key technologies from, from DLT to AI machine learning to kind of 5G technologies, importantly, IoT. So, 
you know, it's been talked around quite a bit, and then quantum computing. And so we'll, we'll kind of delve into, you know, how these individual technologies are creating these, um, are creating, you know, um, uh, 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 I suppose, creating new opportunities. Um, and then the last day is all about sustainability. And so that's kind of the three key kind of areas that we'll cover on those first three days. Um, but it's given us, um, I suppose, a new lease of life in the sense that, you know, traditional um, new segments um, have been opened up because, um, you know, people with that fatigue of watching kind of Zoom back-to-back -back conferences, you can now, you know, you can now get something as a result of, um, of your efforts of listening. And, you know, on top of that, you can network and, and, and attend loads of workshops and, and roundtables, et cetera. Yeah. I love that concept because, you know, you can't say, you can't put on your LinkedIn, uh, you know, I attended Singapore FinTech Festival this year, especially if nobody else is, if there are very few people meeting in person to actually see that you were there, but by having a certificate, the end of it, you can say I was there and I learned something. I actually gained some knowledge out of this. So that's a really, really cool concept. And I think the con the, the theme for this year, Web 3.0 or Web 3 is a really fascinating one, given that we're in this time, this like COVID, post-COVID time where things are becoming decentralized. Things are becoming, you know, more accessible to so many people in, in ways that we maybe didn't think possible with Web 2.0. So it seems like a really apt theme uh, for this year, given, especially given like the time that we're living in. What about the speakers? I, I know that there are some other themes that you talked about, but there are some really cool folks on the lineup this year. There's everyone from central bank regulators, bank and big tech CEOs, and of course, lots and lots of fintechs. Um, and did I see correctly that Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park is speaking? Yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> so he came in quite late um, through... Uh... It's amazing how you never know where a conversation goes. And so he's he's come in via a partner um, who Mike, Mike sits on their board. And so it's been it's been fantastic to kind of make that happen. So we've had a number of kind of high profile individuals that we've been in slow burn conversations with. And then when they land, you kind of feel feel quite proud about that. Another one of those is probably um, Ben Horowitz from from Andreessen. That's that's amazing. You know, it's probably one of the highest profile VCs we've had um, last year. Clearly, we had Vinod Koshla. This year, it's you know Ben Horowitz is is certainly one of the biggest names. And and one thing I, I wanted to kind of mention, just to you know circle back quickly, is um, we have a, an SME day on on the Thursday, and so this is something where we're quite proud about because it gives the opportunities for. You know, if you think first three days is about consumers upskilling, reskilling and learning, um, this is for SMEs. So to, to understand and, and learn some of these new digital technologies that are coming through and, and also identify opportunities to, to do business in other countries. And, and that's something, um, you know, we're, we're, we're super stoked about. But just to kind of come back on your on your speaker piece um, this year, because if you think last year we had a, a huge lineup. Um, you know, from Bill Gates to Sundar Pichai to Satya Nadella. This year, we focused um, a lot more on the content itself to make sure that the content gets to the standards that we want. And then we fit the speakers around, you know, the story of the content. And, and obviously, clearly, this year, it's all about um, Web 3.0. And, you know, it's quite, it's quite bold of a regulator to consider, you know, openly talking about decentralized finance, where Whereas in some some corners, it's seen as a, a taboo to be able to talk about, but but is the way the world's going. And if you think last year was a big year for DeFi, this year with MAS and you know um, SFF kind of championing this, 
it starts to become more kind of open and mainstream and, and open, I suppose, to collaboration. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It sounds like there's so, yeah, so many cool speakers and really interesting perspectives that we're going to hear now that everyone's had it, you know, more than a year, year and a half of the pandemic under their belt to, seems to have really changed the way a lot of these organizations are thinking about financial regulation, how they want to innovate. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see some of these things. There are also a few other really cool parts of SFF besides, you know, as you just mentioned, SME Day, the Knowledge Certificate, um, of course, all the speakers. I know there's also the Global Fintech Accelerator. There are uh, masterclasses by Oxygen by Apex, you know, another sponsor of the Green Room. And I think I also saw something uh, that sounds really cool, the Innovation Lab Crawl. Can you tell us about some of these other events and what are you what are you most excited about? Um, anything in particular? Sure. So, yeah, I'm. Um... I think, to be honest, I'm excited about the whole thing. I just can't wait for it to start. Um, yeah. It's at the moment, it's extremely busy, um, and while it's, I'd like to say it's the calm before the storm, but it's not. It's the storm before the storm. Um, and you know, I would say that there's highlight speakers, as you know, we've talked a few of those. Um, I, I think it's more about the way the content and the agenda is structured. I think that's the bit that excites me most because there is a, a logical sequence that takes people on a journey from, from day one in the morning all the way through to, to day three at the end of the day. Um, the, the other bits I would say is, is the Oxygen Apex initiative. So you mentioned the masterclasses. I think it will get people really thinking about you know, actionable insights that they can take back and, and, and really learn and develop, you know, as a person or as a team or as an organization from. And I know the, um, the Oxygen team have been working really hard. Clearly, the education certificates that that program, you know, we're curious to see how that goes. And, you know, there's been great sign up already. Um, I think the World Fintech Festival that I mentioned, you know, where we're going to take people on a journey around, around the world um, in two days is, is going to be insightful. The lab crawl is something that you, you picked up on is, is something where um you know we've been this has been since the beginning and i think to my knowledge i don't think anyone else does an innovation lab call um you know the concept of you know you know payments companies banks and tech companies opening their lab doors for the public is is absolutely fantastic you know it's a great way for people to engage with these labs but also understand what they're working on and understand some of their problem statements and this year we have 22 and counting labs that are going to open their doors um, most of those will be virtual so it just means more people can can kind of come into those and, and understand see presentations interact with with these labs but there'll be a few that will be um, physical um, so you can come into the labs you can have some conversations etc um, so yeah i think that bit is great for the industry if you think um, a lot of fintechs struggle with trying to engage with banks and so this is the opportunity for fintechs to be able to you know, get that engagement with the, uh, you know, the innovation parts of, of, of the banks or payments companies or, or even tech companies. Um, and then outside of that, we have private roundtables. So one thing I've neglected to mention is, you know, we have a partnership with the World Economic Forum. And, you know, one of the things we've been working on for most of this year was, um, you know, uh, WEF were due to come in, in August. And so we were working on some content with them. And, you know, it's a shame while they couldn't make it this year, 
what we decided to do was pivot some of the content and thoughts into SFF. And so they have a few sessions dotted around the first three days, and they also have a roundtable. And so they'll be running um, a, a private roundtable on, on the Thursday. And that seems to have opened up the doors for others wanting to do kind of 90 minute roundtables with a small community on point topics. So we have one around sustainability. We have the Singapore FinTech Association running one um, with their counterparts across the ASEAN region. Um, we have uh, ones around kind of data and, and, and privacy and how to leverage data across multiple industry sectors. And then also around digital identity as well. And so if you think Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, you have these short bursts of content to a, a broader theme. The last two days, you can kind of go deep dive into either the masterclasses or some of the roundtables where there is more opportunities to to get that kind of detailed view on a particular topic um, and uh, ask questions as well. That's amazing. Pat, if I wasn't excited about Singapore FinTech Fest already, I am super excited now. I think I'm gonna have to clear my calendar for the entire week. Uh, I to make sure so I too. Catch, <laughs> I make sure I can catch everything. I'm so excited. I wanna uh, actually now switch gears a little bit and talk about SFF's new parent organization, Elevandi. Mm -hmm. And I believe you just announced your new board uh, a few days ago. Can you share a little bit about how this whole Elevandi concept uh, came together and what is the mission? Sure, absolutely. So this has been a project that's been in train for a few years now, and we were hoping it would have kind of materialized a little bit earlier, but I think the pandemic has kind of slowed things a little bit from our own perspective. Um, but it's something where... You know, we've been looking hard, and, uh, you know, long and hard about the future of SFF. You know, if you think SFF has a number of assets in terms of its brand, in terms of the way it brings people together, in terms of a database of contacts and relationships in the public and private sector. But, but, but ultimately, SFF has always been one snapshot in the year. And then you don't hear a great deal about SFF until it's kind of middle of the year when the drums start to bang again. And then you've got the run up to SFF and then SFF. And so what we've decided to do and is, is, is leverage some of these assets and leverage the team and the know-how to build a sequence of activities that would occur throughout the year. And so when we thought about this, you know, we started to think, you know, is this something that can happen within MES? Or is it something that we have to, you know, create something new to be able to do this? And, you know, we had lots of advice from in internally, as well as, you know, senior government officials um, and, you know, approvals to, to set up a new entity um, outside of MAS that would be responsible for taking the SFF brand and its associated kind of sister brands like Green Shoots, Deal Fridays, World FinTech Festival, and, 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 and to try and, you know, create um, a sequence of activities throughout the year that ultimately with the mission of bringing the public and private sector together. And so when we kind of, you know, we're having our internal discussions, it started to get kind of move around, um, you know, building an engagement and knowledge platform. And so that's what, you know, Elevandi is going to be focused on, you know, it was incorporated on the 10th of August. Um, as you know, we, we announced our, our board, which is another kind of massive landmark for us because, you know, we've got representation from Japan, we've got representation from, from Germany, from the US, um, also in Singapore as well. And there are a handful more coming on board in the next kind of two to three months, I would say. 
Um, but but what we wanted to do is um, really um, productize what SFF can do and, and 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 build this out. So if you think and and you might be aware that we ran um, in partnership with the Central Bank of Kenya, we ran the Afro Asia Festival um, in 2019. Um, and so we see Elevandi not just running activities within Singapore, but we see Elevandi um, running activities with, with partners in other locations as well. So we certainly see something occurring next year in Europe, and we certainly see something occurring in Africa again. And, and, and after that, we would look at the Latam region. But, but ultimately, it's a nonprofit organization. You know, it doesn't it's not looking to you know return return any margins because it's a company limited by guarantee it's there to to drive value to drive you know relationships um, between the public and private sector it's there to not just run activities and events but to run reports so there'll be a series of um, kind of elevandi reports as we're calling them but we'll also be running kind of closed door roundtables that seeks to solve that you know its mission of you know um, the public and private sector coming together because you know as you know um, that for fintech to, to keep growing and, and developing you know it needs you know public and private sector to come together in a way that it's not done as much you know in in recent history absolutely that sounds really exciting pat i think elevandi you know taking that concept of ecosystem building and building it out into a whole uh, suite of of products and services almost uh, that you can keep going all year long sounds sounds really amazing. Going back to I guess SFF and Elevanti taking that infrastructure and ecosystem building mission um, to SFF. What does that mean for the future of Singapore FinTech Fest and even of future financial services events? I mean, we talked earlier about the Web3, Web3.0 concept and decentralization. And given the pandemic has given us this newfound appreciation of working from home, not traveling, even to go to things like centralized FinTech festivals. What is what is Elevandi and what is the future uh, for Singapore FinTech Festival and other FinTech festivals really look like now? Sure. So, so I think, um, you know, my my personal view, and, and this is what we're instilling within Elevandi as well, that, you know, now that we're used to this digital environment for events, I don't think there's any going back from it. Um, but I would caveat that to say that, you know, we all miss physical gatherings. So, so I would see the future of this is likely to be, um, and I hate the word hybrid, but ultimately it is hybrid, um, where you'll have large physical gatherings, but for those that are unable to travel, you have a digital element. You could even pair that with an educational part to it. So people can kind of, you know, come to the event or they can stream in and they can actually get some sort of qualification from it. But I think it's kind of where the online and offline experiences meet is where the magic is going to start to happen a bit more. And, you know, we, we see, you know, we're predicting a, a large scale event for next year, but we'll continue with the digital event platform because we certainly see that that will give us reach in, in markets where, you know, it's hard to, hard to get access to. So parts of Africa in particular, parts of Latam, where we could even do translations, et cetera. So people can dial in from their homes. Um, but we, we will always have that physical, physical gatherings because that's where, you know, people come together. That's where people have the business development opportunities. And that's where, you know, there's no substitute for seeing live content 
and to be able to ask Q&A in, in that environment, or even have that serendipity that you just can't have in that digital world. And so that serendipity is the bit that, you know, drives us forward, those chance encounters, you know, meeting with people afterwards, we will always have the physical element. Um, but the what we're looking to do now is, is augment that with a digital capability. So it gives us reach into new marketplaces. Um, and that's the bit which really excites us coming back physically, but then looking at, you know, what we've learned over the last year and a half in the pandemic and making sure that we have this digital overlay that just gives us that greater reach. And, you know, we can also continue to do the whole education process, which I think works really well in that digital environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will be super excited to see uh, future Singapore FinTech festivals and all of the other Elevandi events. Maybe last question, because I know we're just about out of time. I know you've talked about so many exciting things happening at SFF this year, uh, the kind of a new structure, the way this will look going forward. If there is one thing that you hope people take away from SFF this year, what would that be? I think it's the education piece, personally. I think that's the one piece. So, you know, to be able to get a qualification or a grounding in something which could help your future career, but also give you ideas, um, ideas on the future of financial services and, and how these technologies are fundamentally allowing things that weren't possible a few years ago, you know, things such as kind of elements around financial inclusion or, or solving kind of micro pension issues. I think these are the things where I think the, the ideas for me, ideas and education. That's great. That's great. Well, we'll definitely be sure to sign up for the web 3.0 knowledge certificate and, you know, see what other amazing ideas people can come up with uh, coming out of SFF. Pat, thank you so much for being our guest today. This has been such a fun conversation. Uh, thank you to our audience for joining us and for this, for this special episode of Singapore FinTech Fest on the green room. And we hope to see you again soon. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. And now a word from our sponsors. Hello, my name is Todd Schweitzer. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Brancas. Brancas is a Southeast Asia-based open finance technology company. And we do several things. We work with banks and other financial institutions with a set of software solutions to help them launch open APIs and API products um, in a matter of weeks. And we also provide uh, simplified APIs that enable any fintech or e-commerce or online business to instantly connect to financial services across Southeast Asia through a simple API. We operate in Indonesia, Philippines, Vietnam, Thailand, Singapore, and soon Bangladesh. And I'm very excited to participate in the Green Room and forward to supporting the Green Room podcast and also the broader Apex Oxygen initiatives. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Green Room with Amrita Veer. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest updates. You can also visit amritaveer.com to get more information, join our mailing list, or just reach out to us. You can also write to us at greenroomfintech at gmail.com and follow our Instagram handle, greenroomfintech. We would love to hear from you. Catch you later.